Welcome to the Healing Circle Podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psych education and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast. I'm Kobe Campbell, and I am a licensed trauma therapist, and I answer your questions. It's as simple as that. You can either submit your questions via uh, the chat box. I don't know why I just said chat box. What is it? It's the Google Forms. In my head, it's a chat box. Or you can call in if you're feeling brave and leave a voicemail. Today, we have something very interesting to talk about. I'm actually really excited about the subject. They're just kind of seasons where there's this synergy where in different spaces and in different contexts, the same thing keeps coming up. And this uh, this conversation with these two listeners kind of feed into each other because they talk about childhood trauma and our families of origin and growing up. And that's something that I feel like has been coming up with you guys in my social community, um, in my friendships, in my own personal life. So I'm so excited to dive right in. And our first listener says this, Dear Kobe, after learning, processing, and working on healing from childhood trauma, how do we stop resenting our parents? I'm grateful for therapy and for processing my childhood and working on a healthier coping skill, but it has made me resent my mother. I still make mistakes with men, and I still hold resentments against my mother because of that. It feels like one step forward, two steps back. Well, listener, I'll say this to you. When we don't understand how healing works, we miss... uh, locating ourselves appropriately in the process. When we don't understand how healing works, we miss locating ourselves appropriately in the process. And that's not a slight on you or on anyone. That's why I'm here, right? To help you guys understand better what healing looks like. A part of healing that a lot of us have not been privy to because, again, I love social media. I love how I've been able to pour out and help people and show up for them in powerful ways. But here's the truth. Everything that is widely and easily understood is oversimplified. Everything that is widely and easily understood is oversimplified. We have to take the nuance out of it and we have to put what makes people attracted to it, what makes people want to talk about it out there to catch people's attention, right? I want the nuance though. And guess what? We need the nuance. Without the nuance, a lot of our healing processes don't make sense. Something I think so many of us miss is that anger, specifically rage, is a natural, normal part of healing and actually evidence that we are recovering our self-esteem and our self-worth. Anger is an emotion that identifies and signifies a crossed boundary. It's saying a boundary has been crossed, a value has been devalued, something's wrong here. For many of us, our inability to feel angry at the ways that people have treated us has been a reflection of our low self-esteem. 
we don't think we're that important. So people hurting us, it hurts, but we struggle at being angry specifically at them for hurting us, right? That's not everybody, but that's some of us. As we become more awakened to who we are, to the goodness inside of us, to the image of God inside of us, as we become more awakened to how dope we are, you are going to get increasingly angry at the people who treated you poorly, at the people who devalued you, at the people who made you feel like you weren't all the things that you are. That is a natural and normal part of healing. It's actually a necessary part of healing. That anger on the other side of that coin of that anger is a recovery of a sense of self. It's you saying, actually, I do have value. Wow, me, I got treated like this. The version of me that I love, the version of me that's amazing, the version of me that is good, that has been here since the beginning of time. I got treated terribly. So you are going to, and I say this to people, healing is not linear. And that's why um, when this listener said it feels like one step forward, two steps back, we have to remember sometimes healing is like walking in a circle. Walking in a circle and from one angle, it looks like you're going nowhere. But if you stand from a different angle, it's a spiral that's going upwards, right? Healing is not just this linear, I'm going forward or I'm going backward. That's a really, really oversimplified reality. The truth is your job is not to make yourself stop feeling anything. Your job is to continue to investigate and make space for what you're feeling. Right. So this is where some of the work can come in. But before you ever try to shift anything in your life, you have to have fully acknowledged it. A lot of us see a little bit of anger and we're trying to like squash it immediately. No, you have to understand the extent of the anger and fully understand why it's there, what it's for, who it's directed towards before you try to interact with it in any way. So I would say, ask yourself, what is my anger saying to me? Is it saying that I see myself as someone who is of value and my mom didn't treat me that way? Is it saying I'm tired of having to fight the battle of dealing with the present consequences of people's past actions? Because that's something to be angry over. That is a hard part of healing, especially with families. When I have to deal with the consequences in the present of things that you did in the past, you got to move on, but I didn't. You got to go forward and say, I don't really remember that, but guess what? I have to live with that reality every single day. That is something you should be angry at. The moment we try to make ourselves stop feeling angry is the moment that we allow anger to take hold of us. The more we try to let it go and push it away, the more it takes a hold of us. When we sit with it, when we give it the space, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about indulging our emotions. You can make space for anger without lashing out through that anger. You can make space for sadness without being consumed in your actions by that sadness. This is about getting acquainted with ourselves. And sometimes getting acquainted with ourselves is getting acquainted with the emotions that have been pent up for years that never got to come out. I would ask you, listener, the person you feel resentment towards, uh, it may not even be the person who wrote this, whether it's your mother or your father, whoever it is, whoever you feel resentment toward, have you talked to them? 
do they know you're angry? Do they know you're carrying that burden? Do they know that you're hurting? Anger is an emotion, and all emotions want to do are move. Anger doesn't go anywhere if it's not expressed. Anger does not go anywhere if it's not expressed. I'm not talking about lashing out. I'm not talking about indulging. I'm talking about expressing and saying, hey, mom, I want to have a conversation. I feel really angry about the ways that you treated me. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised at what just expressing it, not even expecting a specific response back, just expressing, (laughs) just expressing the motion emotion can and will do for your soul you're carrying all of that and when we hold on to to anger it will make us physically sick that's not just some spiritual woo-woo I'm talking about high blood pressure I'm talking about high heart rate I'm talking about stress in the body increased cortisol increased adrenaline decreased sleep when we hold on to anger it literally makes us sick when we express it We allow ourselves to release it from a place of acceptance of this is my anger that's coming out and not a place of go away because I don't want to connect with that part of myself. So I would say your job is not to stop resenting your mother yet. Your job is to sit with your anger because I could bet you $200 (laughs) that you see it as resentment, but it's really just anger, right? It's really just anger. Resentment is specifically defined as having persistent ill will towards someone for doing you wrong, for harming you, for causing injury. If you if you are like, I want this person to be in pain because they've hurt me, okay, yeah, that might be resentment, okay? <laughs> but if you are just in pain and hurt because you're becoming awakened to the weight of the injustices you've faced, it might just be anger. I tell my clients often, the reason why healing is a journey is because you never know how your past pain is going to interact with the future experiences you're about to have. You have no clue. That's why when people are like, oh, I've healed from that, I'd just be looking I just be looking and I'm like, yeah, maybe in this season. But it's a process because, honey, you don't know what's laying laying ahead of you. You have no clue who you're going to run into, who you're going to interact with that may flare up those old wounds. That doesn't mean, oh, you've lost your healing, but it does mean it's a lifelong journey and none of us knows the end of it. So I would encourage you to make space with a therapist, with a friend through journaling. I love to pull out my little acoustic guitar and play a little angry uh, paramour-like bop and express, make space to express your emotion. If we don't make space for our emotions to be expressed, they will express themselves in ways that we can't understand, track, or control. So we have another listener who wrote in for today and let's jump right into it dear Kobe thank you so much for sharing the kingdom via your podcast you're very welcome my question is not simple narcissistic abuse and narcissistic abuse syndrome are destroying my family and I am the only one who sees a problem with any of it We have elected special people who are never accountable for their actions and others who make their victims take blame for it. 
I'm a black woman in the South and I am terrified that my family's inability to recognize the effects of the system is ruining our children. What can I do besides pray for them and work on healing myself? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Whew. That is an incredibly hard place to be. Incredibly hard place to be. For those of you who don't know what narcissistic abuse is, um, before I jump into answering this question, narcissistic abuse is a form of emotional abuse perpetrated by someone who suffers from narcissism um, or a narcissistic personality disorder. That is the formal term. Um, people don't have narcissism, they have narcissistic personality disorder. And this is a type of abuse that is just incredibly painful, incredibly nuanced, incredibly hard to track down. And here are some of the signs uh, that someone is engaging in narcissistic tendencies or traits. Um, they create a sense of triangulation. So triangulation is kind of pulling a third party into conflict to reinforce your own thoughts or opinions about something, right? So um, if you're talking to someone and they're like, oh, you're overreacting, you're just always overreacting, they may grab someone who already doesn't like you, triangulation, and say, hey, isn't Kobe overreacting? And that person's like, oh my God, yeah, Kobe's always overreacting. But the situation might be a situation where you're reacting completely appropriately, right? They're always using social currency to develop this sense of power and control, not over necessarily your actions, that can be true, but really over your sense of reality. That's what's so powerful about narcissism, narcissistic personality disorder, narcissistic abuse in narcissistic traits is that this person is trying to stake claim over your sense of reality and your sense of perception of yourself, other people, and the world at large, right? Part of how they do that is through gaslighting, right? Gaslighting is when someone gets you to doubt your own perspective by twisting facts or making things seem like they are something that they aren't or vice versa, right? Um, oftentimes that's done through trying to get someone to question their, um, oh, sorry, my sister-in-law walked into the house. Uh, so where was I? Oftentimes when people are engaging in gaslighting, it's about questioning your memory. Did you really remember that? Are you sure you saw it that way? Are you sure that's what you experienced, right? Hovering is another um, tactic. Uh, this looks like trying to pull you back into a uh, toxic relationship, abusive relationship, by, you know, dangling carrots in front of you and baiting you back into situations that were absolutely toxic. But because, you know, they're gaslighting you and making you question if it was really that bad, you start to say, well, maybe it wasn't. And then you go back and then it is and then it's a cycle, right? Silent treatment, scapegoating. It is extremely, extremely painful. So 
I just wanted to give a little bit of context before I answered this for uh, this listener. So this is going to be a hard (laughs) response for you to sit with. The best thing that you can do is for you to leave the system in the way that is best and healthiest for you for the sake of yourself, your children, your partner, whoever that is. Any so narcissists feed off of people's desire. People with narcissistic personality disorder, colloquially we call them narcissists. Um so I'm just going to say that, but there is a clinical term and I want to be clear about that since I am a clinician feed off of our desire to help people and use it against us, right? Oftentimes when you are a truth teller, when you are someone who disrupts things, when you are someone who reveals, it can feel incredibly um, just completely opposite to our nature to walk away. But if you've listened to... uh, not last season, but the season before me and Kyle did um, a season on um, family systems theory. The system does not start to crumble until someone leaves, until someone leaves their role. And so someone says, I'm no longer, because every person who is in the role, including people who are not actively, explicitly perpetuating abuse, is upholding the abuser. They need someone who is playing the role of the truth teller. They need somebody because people are not going to start asking questions if you're always the person asking questions. When they, when you leave the system, they are going to have to experience a different part of that person. And once they experience a different part of that person, they're going to start asking questions. When they start asking questions and the narcissist loses their alliance to be able to triangulate, to be able to gather people in their social currency, that's where things start to crumble. Also, we can't fix other people, but this is our family, right? Hard, so hard, so difficult, so unfair, so wildly unfair. The truth is you are responsible for you and you're responsible for your children and your priority and allegiance and alliance is to your and their health first. A really powerful question you can ask yourself is is my ability to try and fi- save and fix my family of origin impairing my ability to care for myself and my children? Because based on what was written, it seems like it is. You cannot be around or connected to someone who experiences narcissistic traits or displays narcissistic traits and not be affected. You can't. That's just not how it works. Even when you're two degrees away, being affected by someone who's directly affected affects you right? It is such a hard, my husband always says, he says, just because um, it's simple doesn't mean it's not difficult. It's such a simple yet incredibly difficult reality. When we remove ourselves from the system, and this doesn't mean permanently, when we remove ourselves from the system, the system now has a gap and has to compensate. That means people have to shift. And when people shift, they get uncomfortable, they ask questions. And guess what? When you shift, you get new perspective. Sometimes it feels like stepping away is abandoning people when really stepping away is giving them the opportunity to see things differently. So I would say to you, 
pray about it, journal about it, talk to a therapist about it. This might be your invitation to step away, let God step in, and let God open the eyes of other people in the system. Thank you so much, you guys, for trusting me with those situations. I think many of us are we're just trying to make it out here. Really, we're trying to figure out who we are, but we know that to go forward, we have to look back. Um, and we're trying to figure out how to navigate the truth of our past and the hope of our future. And um, I'm just so grateful that you guys are allowing me to be a part of that process. So before we go, things I am loving this week. Okay, so I'm trying to step into my casual mom, cute outfit. Like not every time I step out of the house can I be in a baggy t-shirt, you guys, even though I'm wearing one literally as I'm recording this. So I got this cute little workout set from... Amazon and I paired it with like you know an oversized white work shirt some slides and it just was I had so many compliments on such a basic outfit and I thought it was so cute I felt really comfortable it didn't feel like you know you're a mom and have all the jiggles and stuff it didn't feel uncomfortable so that is what I'm loving this week this Amazon workout set it's super cute I am going to tag it in the show notes, you guys, I also have my intensive. It's coming up September 12th to the 14th. It's on its way. Um, if you're on my email list, you already know we had a whole conversation about it. I asked you guys, hey, you guys, what works best for you guys? And everyone was like, hey, I want to register, but the time you had is just not working. So because that time is not working for you guys, I changed the time. I just want to be better about serving you guys and not trying to uh, perform. I don't got time to perform. I'm not Beyonce. <laughs> I don't have time to perform. I, I'm I'm here to serve and show up and connect. And so we changed it September 12th to the 14th. And I'll give you guys more information later. If you want to get first dibs on exactly when registration goes live and all the good juicy deets, make sure to join my email list. You guys, I will talk to you soon until the circle comes back around. Bye, y'all.